You are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York, and yours truly, your host, William McCarthy. <laughs> How we doing, everyone? We're alive. We're alive. Hey, this is my podcast. And you are listening to an important podcast in the history of my podcast. I don't know, I think we're like 75 or something. But today we're going to call it Construction Work Podcast because I am being flanked out on all four sides. Welcome to New York City, guys. There is a, a tractor in front with a backhoe digging. And there's a crew of guys who I've been enjoying since seven in the morning, actually trying to I work on my Spanish. They're all speaking Spanish. I think they're Mexican guys. So there's the, the big, the purr of uh, absolutely intense tractors in the front. In the back, uh, we've got like a uh, gentrification uh, dig site going on. They're probably going to be putting up a big, huge building. So we've got the jackhammers. That's going in the backyard, not to mention the family that started at 8 in the morning because they don't have any kind of childcare for their kids because we're in a pandemic. And then to the left is a wood shop, and to the right are all the guys from Jamaica that wake me up every morning uh, screaming down the street in a very like jovial, loving, happy way. They seem very happy, but I am flanked out like a goddamn cube of Legos. Here I am in the middle doing a podcast. So... We are going to enjoy the podcast sounds of Brooklyn, New York. Now, if you're new to my podcast, this is how it works. I try to be consistent with it. Sometimes it's intermittent, generally because of other artistic projects that I'm working on. So what can I tell you about this? Um, I like to travel around. I've been doing this for like three and a half years. It's a little, I'm more known for my singing, but this is like a place where I can talk about uh, talk about life and it really works nicely when I'm traveling because I get to do broadcasts from strange places like Bieber Germany did not know there was a town called Bieber um, the, the Liergenes Spain or Texas or California or New York or Mexico so it's a joy for me to do this um, we are not a slick pro operation here we are a um, we are we're a downstairs bunker thing. I, I do my transmissions from here. This is my studio, my creative space. And um, after I do this podcast, I'm going to be making a short commercial. Uh, so, wow, Bill, I didn't know you filmed things. Well, neither did I. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I am releasing a video tomorrow. And that video is my directorial debut. I didn't realize like I could even... Um, direct anything, but I guess we all, I, you know, this is an interesting topic. All along, my whole entire band life and my solo career and so on, I think I was always being creative in this capacity, but I didn't really realize it, which is what's so cool about um, creativity. So the video that you're going to see uh, tomorrow, I flew down to South America and I brought a friend of mine and we did a lot of filming and I performed a show down there. It was a train wreck, but <laughs> if it wasn't the humidity, it was the the salsa and just apparently I'm not a big hit in uh, Colombia and uh, was it Medellin? No, Cartagena. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time just getting to another place, and it, it's long been a dream of mine to get down there. And I always wanted to do it on my motorcycle, but 
as I've gotten more into that topic and, and discovering that that's a real thing. A lot of permits, a lot of like, um, you have, it's, it's like a big, a big endeavor to ride your motorcycle all the way south. Although I will do it in my life, but I went down there and I filmed this and then the very short story, it's very beautiful. Um, if anybody's keeping up on my Patreon, uh, Patreon is yet another place where I put my lyrics and I, uh, perform shows we make playlists and there's a really beautiful bunch of people that have gathered around there. And um, I call it the Onward community. And Onward, we must go. So I was down there in South America <clears throat> and the story that I wrote uh, for my Patreon was about the first time I had ever left the country. I was a kid, I was 22. And uh, I had I had actually been to Mexico once and I went to Australia. Uh, to visit a friend of mine but when I was in Europe uh, I quickly found out it was not California and I had my, th the very first experience in my entire life with um, being homeless so I was homeless and I was living off of busking and this kind of a long long tale but it, I end up in the south of Spain, completely not even, and I'm not proud to say this, but I didn't really know anything about Spain. I had really just gone to Ireland, and I had another thing that I really wanted to do. I wanted to go to the Anne Frank house, so that was very important to me. So I traveled to Holland, and um, it's funny, I can barely remember like how I actually got there, but it was a lot of buses. You can take a bus from Ireland to Holland, believe it or not. So I go there, I'm freezing, it's January, I've slept outside a couple times, and then I go all the way south because in California, in a California terms, like south means warm, so I just kept going south, but what I didn't realize is south in Europe also means um, the gateway and the ports of Morocco to Spain and the uh, drug trafficking and human trafficking and the street element that was there and so I got all the way down and I had nowhere to go and I ended up having to turn myself into a homeless shelter and uh, these adventures were like you know this was not with a full stomach like I was very much like in, on the street with a guitar and a lot of like African guys I think probably trying to make their passage into Europe and a lot of Moroccan guys, uh, a lot of Gitanos. Um, I don't know, if, is it politically correct to say gypsy? Is that, there's the gypsy kings, I guess. There's a lot of those cats. And it, you know, it was after hours and I was kind of looking for places to stay and it just got all kind of weird. And I was in this homeless shelter for like two weeks and my hair was really blown back because I had not bargained for this kind of adventure. And it was getting very, very real. Everything was getting really real. And I, I ended up just trying to get to the, the city, right? So that's where I could busk and, and support myself or, you know, do my best to support myself. And I ended up going to Madrid. And when I was busking in the tunnels there, in the subway tunnels, <clears throat> I met a guy named Yael. And so this story kind of converges with my new record. So I released a record last week. It's the EP, first of four, um, of from my album Wild Eyes. And Wild Eyes is about a girl that tried to circumnavigate the world when she was a teenager, um, about the same time that I set out to be a musician. So that 
because I just really felt like a kinship because while I'm not on the street, I'm definitely in a solo career, which is absolutely counterintuitive. You know, I spent so many years, you turn in your record, you do your album artwork, you do your press, you go on your, your, you know, your van or your bus. Um, and you go and you go from town to town and you do these, you know, you do the whole music business thing. And so that was gone. And so I started really relating to this, 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 um, boat wild eyes. And I started relating to the girl who her boat capsized in the middle of the ocean. She's young and she doesn't know what to do. And, um, I just, this boat was found during the making of this record. And I just thought it was such a beautiful story. And it also talked a little bit about the, you know, the, the, the shadowy side of, of, I guess the not as well lit part of our life that we're living much like the moon has a bright and a dark side and one of the dark sides is that no one found any merit at all to this girl's efforts Um, she was told not to do it Um, her parents were chastised and said you know people said that they were irresponsible how could you let a teenager do this and then when wild eyes capsized um, or where I think the mast actually just snapped like just clean snapped off. Um, then countries, you know, the countries that went to rescue her or that were within the jurisdiction of going and rescuing this boat didn't want to pay for it. They wanted the family to pay for it. And it became this huge thing of which I understand if you're sending out like a, you know, a, a giant ship or an airplane or a helicopter, that's expensive. And I understand that. But, but what remains is, you know, uh, Chet Baker, the great jazz musician. I think the guy fell out of a window in Europe, died. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh, I, you know, he got he got shot in the stomach, um, or he shot himself in the stomach. But they don't really tell you about the story that he lived for another day and a half. And you know, these people were creatives. And this girl, while she wasn't a creative, she was an adventurer. Um, no one thought about this boat. And I believe the boat should be in the Smithsonian or it should be in some kind of museum that speaks to young people about, you know, hey, there's so much to learn here. It's like, uh, no, she didn't accomplish her mission. Um, Yes, she capsized or the, the mask broke off. But you, too, can access anything you want to do. And this girl and this little vessel called Wild Eyes proves it. So it's a tremendously like meaningful thing to me. So what you're going to hear is Yael doing the voiceover for this thing that I directed. And I have to say, it didn't feel right to do it in English. Yael also speaks French, his mother's French. So he speaks three languages. And we thought about the French thing. And I, as, a, as an American, it just felt like as much as I absolutely adore the language, I felt like people, you know, six foot two, kind of stocky rock and roll musician coming out with like something in French. I just think it would kind of been misunderstood. And obviously I love, um, I love the struggle of trying to learn this language of Spanish after my whole life. And I'm still not great at it, but I have a lot of love for, um, for, for Spanish speakers, Spanish speaking countries. So my video premiere is coming out with my long lost busking partner, from when I was 22 and we collaborated. It is called The Contortionist and the Butterfly. Let's take a short break.
Ocean earthquake, I'm on peaceful valley I'm an eyesore, I'm an echo deep inside night And all at once amongst the rains The rains that came to ease the flames Like hurricanes and kerosene And we're back. So I released the Bloodline EP. It it was like a defibrillator. It just it shocked my system in such a good way. Because there's people out there that are going through their own trials and tribulations, and it was so nice to hear that people enjoyed it, man. Simple as that. The act of making music is actually not very complicated have instrument will travel have inspiration have passion pick up your instrument and make something make something and and put it out in the world the putting it out in the world is the funny stuff now i was just thinking about this you know they don't tell you this but touring at least overseas i was i was supposed to be on tour in ireland right now and uh it got canceled naturally because of that Rona life, <laughs> the Corona. Um, but they don't tell you that like at these clubs, they charge you a bar fee and you're just sitting there. You're like, wait a second, a bar fee. I'm here performing and people are using your bar. Like, yeah, well you got to give us a fee. Like, how about you pay your fucking bartenders? Why are you making me? I'm just a schlep just traveling through. Like trying to make a living from singing, man. What are you talking about? But yeah, there's always these little, um, these little digs, you know, that happen to to musicians, and um, it's really obnoxious. So the, I put it up on Bandcamp. I didn't know that much about Bandcamp, and um, I noticed that Death Cab for Cutie. I think Radiohead recently frightened Rabbit. Like people are starting to use this platform, and what's really nice is it goes out, no one's in the middle, there's no bar tab, there's no bar fee, there's no uh, licensing royalty shenanigans, there's no artist visa, there's nothing. I put it out, people buy it, they like it, they'll come back. If I like the experience, I'll keep writing. So it's that simple. And I got I got beautiful feedback, from crazy, crazy places. Um, a growing South, um, South African group, is, has been really responding. Um, strange, a lot more like um, eyes on my different social media stuff and my work from Brazil of all places. Um, obviously, uh, California, New York City, some of Texas, there's Canada, um, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Great Britain in, in its entirety, England, Wales, all of it, Europe, all the way to Russia, man. And so I'm sitting in my house, kind of like, knock, knock, <laughs> who's there? Just me again. Hello, ceiling. Hello, walls. And as I said before, I'm flanked out by like construction on two sides in these two workshops. And it's crazy, man. I go on a walk, and we're not going to go down on the doom and gloom path here, but I've just been sort of like I was really at odds with recording or releasing this record. I was like, this is not appropriate. <laughs> it's just not the time. Um, I saw it very shortly after the uh, quarantine clause came into effect. We started understanding the scope of everything. I think I, I'm not going to say any names, but an artist we all know released a record, and I just thought, too soon and 
you know, I appreciate New York City. I went through 9-11 here and it's very much a like, got it, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get on with it. But I just couldn't, couldn't get on board. I just felt like it wasn't right. So I think I had just released maybe a song or something and it just had such nice feedback and feedback is cool. There's a lot of different kinds of uh, feedback. There's, I saw you on TV feedback. There's, I heard you on um, public radio doing an interview kind of feedback. There's uh, people wanting to get hammered with you kind of feedback. Then there's just like really earnest, hey man, that really improved things for me kind of feedback. And that was the kind of, um, the kind of words that I was reading. And a lot of people, you know, I, uh, I did something very different. I went into my Instagram and I went back to every single person that has ever written me. <laughs> Going back five years, I think it's the cutoff might be four years. I wrote every single person individually, hundreds of people. And it was so great. It was awesome to, to, to just be direct. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like the, the journey that I've been on has very much turned into like me being funny half the time, drinking, uh, being goofy, trying to be insightful, reading world events. And I just love it, man. I, I love band life as well. And, um, that was some of the other feedback is like, obviously, Hey, when are the boys getting together? When are you, are you guys going to do a reunion tour? And I said, you know, I would reply like eh, a little weird right now, but I definitely could see myself starting a William McCarthy band. Now the challenges, we're not going to say the problem. The challenges with that is like rock and roll is built off the backs of dreams. It is built from dreams. It's a dreamscape. So when kids sit in their room as a, you know, as a youngster and look up the ceiling or out the window, they one day, I want to have a room full of people singing along with me. That's a very reasonable and honorable um, aspiration in life. But does anybody really want to be on the road? I do. I love it. It's normal for me, but it's not normal for everybody. So you start seeing these like kind of fracture points, these like cracks developing. We're in couples counseling or this person, you know. Um, you know, I just, I, I have my landlord or my tenants or my kid or my da 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 and like it just people have real concerns like the older you get so bands are hard man hard enough when you're just playing for lager uh but yeah that's that's that just a rip roaring folk attack of accordions and horns and just nasty funky foot stomping guttural stuff i just think that sounds wonderful to me moving forward a lot of people have asked me, like, so what's up with the EP thing? And I, to be honest with you, I think it's brilliant. Why it's brilliant is that if you put something out in the world in this era of Spotify and Facebook and and what what have you, Instagram, um, basically it goes fast. You you put it. You're supposed to kind of make your big paper airplane, throw it out the window it cruises and you're supposed to tour to catch up with it and then everybody's happy they've, they've got this they've got uh they've got their the document of the music that they believe in and then they've got the show and they're happy man so that's how musicians have supported themselves for years 
there is no touring. So I was thinking before, you know, maybe EPs is wise. I've, I've had people at, um, definitely suggest doing that. And I didn't like it because I'm an old school, like I believe in, you know, records. But then I thought about it, like, I'm kind of like really enjoying, I wouldn't say filmmaking, making little movies. Um, and they're, they're for my Zen folks out in um, my Onward group, right? So on my Patreon, I, I make little movies and I've been really enjoying it. And so my goal is to come through this pandemic situation really having picked up a skill and, and made myself a better artist. So the idea of doing different EPs was an opportunity for me to make videos. And I'm not talking about like Pat Benatar videos or Wham or, or you know, whatever. The Strokes or like that. Not like, I mean, those are cool. I love that medium. But I want to do something kind of like deeper. Um, I like anthropology. I like humans. I like culture. Um, I was thinking, you know, how can I do something visually that feels like street food? I'm a big street food fan. I love street food from any country. I just love the fact that it's very honest and earnest hands working hard for their, their meal and, and, and feed their kids and they're making their they're making their their Jamaican patty or their torta or their sausage or whatever and they're just handing it to you. No waiter, no weird table with a loud couple sitting next to you, no inflated drink prices. It's just a simple exchange. So visually I'm always trying to do something that kind of has a feel of like how 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 I feel about street food. And it's really is it really so much about the food? I feel like it's just as much about the removal of of the bullshit, really. I mean, I love taquerias for this reason. You go, you order your tacos, you grab your table, you bust your own table, and at the end, you go throw away the tray, you say thank you, and you leave. You're you're totally overseeing your whole thing, and there's no... Um, there's no shenanigans that you're respectfully like cleaning up after yourself, which keeps things in perspective for you. There's no, you know, you've got to go to Frankie's. It's delightful. The New York times gave it stars and it's Zagat rated and blah, blah, blah. And you go there and you're like, Jesus, it's a huge line. Um, uh, we do have room at the bar, sir. Okay. Go to the bar. Holy shit. That bourbon costs $15. Um, well, this is a nice little hustle they have. Uh, this is a little odd. So the talk, and then you just, you know, you're seeing, you're at this fine Italian eatery and then no one Italian works there. No one Italian owns it. And all the guys in the kitchen are from Mexico, man. So it's like, why not just go direct? Uh, so I guess visually I'm trying to get to those kind of truths uh, myself. So, uh, and I like to ramble a little bit on this thing and hey, why not, man? very tricky being in my position because I have a, uh, I also have a video series called, um, New York city serenade. And that's also for my Patreon folks. And as I do it, you know, I really like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. I really like when people stretch out and it becomes almost like a bit of performance art. Um, and that if it goes long, you know, you, 
It's like being up late with a friend and a bottle of wine and smoking tons of cigarettes, philosophizing. Like some real magic happens. Um, and it's really nice to see people kind of push the outer limits of their skull, like stuff that's jumping into their head and they're just expanding on it. I love those kind of podcasts. But then we're in the modern swipe right era and my sister's like, I don't know, Bill, it's kind of long. <laughs> but but like, who am I doing this for? I, I you know, to be fair, I, I am doing it for myself, but I am also doing it because it makes people happy. And that's the kind of shit that I'm noticing these days is if you, if there's something that you can do that cheers people up, do it, man. If it's, you know, knitting mittens, um, making moccasins, I don't know, gardening, if it makes others happy, this is the time, man. <laughs> That's, I think that's also how I made it outside out of my, um, I made it out of my, should I release the record thing? This, this friend of mine, Jackie, she's a good, she's a music person. She was just like, I, you know, I think people need it. I, I, I think people need art and she's right. You know, it's, I don't miss the celebrity worship and the tabloids and all that garbage that our culture is like, um, you know, got itself into. Yeah, that's a weird pickle playing on people's like gossip or insecurities or their judgments. That's a dark, sinister business. But I think basically, like, good, strong work, a good documentary, a good film. Um, this is important right now, man. And it has been through the ages. For some reason, with the advent of Napster and then Facebook and it's now Spotify. It all has been sort of devalued, but it's still there for us, man. It's still there. It's out there. It's sort of like a little, I see it kind of like a, like a barge. You know, when you're in some foreign, faraway land and you see people driving their car up to the banks of a river and there's that big, flat barge that comes across. You load your car on it and it sails you or propels you to the other bank. That's what I think art is. Had a really nice discussion with a friend of mine, uh, Brendan, and he's a painter, or is he a visual artist, and he's also a musician. I've known him for years. He used to be my roommate in California. We were just talking about, in the digital age, how strange it is that the metrics of which we are all paying attention to are these likes. What the fuck is that? That is weird, and you're in an algorithm matrix. What is that? That has nothing to do with being creative at all. And you should not measure yourself by that metric. That is absolute garbage. But he was saying one of the things that's odd and it's getting stranger and stranger because of no shows for both me, the performer, for us creatives and also for just people who like work, um, you know, creative work, is that we don't really get to see the reaction, right? And the more that people are in the, in it, our influencers and so on hanging out being keyboard samurais they're not even seeing the joy that is watching someone take in what you're doing so that is shifting but that's why you know last podcast i made a strange sci-fi episode about <laughs> the post-extinction in the year 2028 and all that was remained is the warring factions of um galactic lithuanians and <laughs> And um, I forget, it was like a coal miner. I was just basically trying to see if anyone was listening. And, you know, I'm laughing because, you know, I'm surprised no Lithuanians yelled at me for that. But it just seemed like 
Romulans, like Lithuanians. It just sounded galactic. Um, I think in this age, uh, you know, that reaction is missing, but you know, it just, you, I hate to tell you creatives, if you're a songwriter, painter, photographer, whatever, dude, you got to work harder. You have got to work harder right now. This is no, this is not, this ain't 2005 where you can, in your socks, run down a, a long, beautiful, smooth marble surface and just slide through the halls. Woohoo! I'm on a label. Yeah, I'm hanging out in Ojai or the Hollywood Hills and near a pool and just being a gypsy and just a dreamer, man. Fuck that. Wake up, get your fucking ass out of bed, brush your teeth, make a coffee, get busy. Why? Because you got to, man, and you're going to get left behind. I hate to say that, brothers and sisters. Can I get an amen? Amen! I think everyone's being asked to work harder right now, which is a paradox. Work harder by not working. Uh, let's be, we need to be alone, but stay together. Um, it's counterintuitive, but I definitely believe that it's, it's diversify, change things up or die on the vine like a grape in the sun. So I hope you've enjoyed my podcast today. Uh, trying to keep things upbeat here, man. I'm excited. I am going to right now go back and work on a commercial that I'm working on. Uh, I was going to do a reading. Perhaps I'll save that for next week. That Spain story that I'm talking about. Um, I wrote, I wrote something on my Patreon about it, and I think it was called Planes, Trains, and Malaga, Spain, the story of a bygone chicken. And I know that sounds like goofy, but it's actually a fairly deep story, and the video that's coming out tomorrow, as I spoke about Yael, um, really, this, that video is very connected to that era. So, I had some really nice times um, my, my New York City Serenade stuff talking about the era of that I started doing music and reading my journals and I even was fortunate enough Eric found an old cassette tape of the first two months that I was in New York City um, I listened to that it was beautiful to hear those observations I shared that on Patreon um, it's Time documents like that are fascinating and, and reading stories from my journal on those episodes has been really gratifying for me. And you know what? I'll say this. Looking back at that youngster that came here with absolutely no plan, I'm proud of you, kiddo. You had 700 bucks in a Geo Metro. You came all the way here pre-9-11 and then bang, the summer of 9-11 and then the shit hit the fan and you eked it out. Amazing, man. Just amazing. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for supporting the record. Thank you for supporting what I'm doing. And I hope I'm being supportive of what you're doing. I try to write people back as much as possible. Sometimes it gets a little bit intense when the volume gets really high and I can't get to everyone, but I'm definitely thinking about the world out there. I'm thinking about how you guys are doing and if we're all gonna be okay. So mankind is, is on my mind and I want you guys to go on. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. Go on and have a smash this weekend up. Have a good time, man. I don't know. Be naked. I don't know. Go a week. Don't wear underwear. Don't leave the house. Who knows? I don't know. Paint your face like a, like a, a wild cannibal. 
some weird island. Make it weird. Make some food that you've never made. Put too much curry powder in it. Go wild with that paprika. Listen to some music that you don't understand, you don't know about. Get into it. Get out there. Go. Get. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City.